0: fsn radio it's all about what's next go to financialsurvivalnetwork.com and sign up for your free weekly newsletter you'll also get three free reports the financial survival network it's all about what's next
1: Welcome. You are listening to the Financial Survival Network. I'm Kerry Lutz, and today is 81920. So you've heard this uh, story before. We're having it back on again. Uh, you need to go to wealthygardener.com and take a look. Uh, There's a book that uh, you probably should purchase. Uh, In the meantime, well, market uh, raid on gold and silver happened a little earlier in the day. It was unsuccessful and the markets flipped around and we're just seeing this constantly. Where do you think it's all heading? By the way, I had a lot of emails from you about our contest. We are gonna do a contest. It's probably gonna be on Labor Day weekend when it ends and it'll be uh, guess the price of gold on labor day in honor of this being the 50th year since Nixon closed the gold window. So sorry to get back to you on that email us kl at com. We're going to have a contest page, all that stuff. So just be patient in the next couple of days. I promise we're shooting for, by Friday in any event, uh, a, We've got uh, John Sophoric back with us again, a uh, book, uh, John, that you wrote is really getting noticed. It's really getting a lot of uh, attention. And I think it's so important because a lot of it is geared towards younger people. And how how do you start a life of wealth accumulation instead of wealth destruction? or Financial Profligacy, Uh, The Wealthy Gardener. It's on audiobook as well. And you can go to WealthyGardener.com and listen to the intro. John, welcome back. And hey, how's the book going?
2: Hey, Kerry, thanks for having me. Uh, The book's been surprisingly, uh, you know, it's taken off. It's gained some traction in this world. It was originally just written for my son, but since it was published, it's been uh, picked up by a publisher. It's now been translated into six different languages. And, uh, you know, there seems to be a, a a common core that that book touches out there, you know, a philosophy of financial achievement and people need to, I don't know, for some reason they're, they're eating it up. So, uh, I appreciate you having me back on your show. Thank you.
1: My pleasure. So remembering back, uh, you wrote this uh, for your kids effectively and here one person said best book since rich dad, poor dad, it's better than think and grow rich. Uh, <laughs> these are pretty, uh, major alkalids here. Accolades, But uh, but obviously, your book hit a nerve.
2: Yeah. And I can't... Uh, you know, it's really humbling, to be honest with you. Those are my books. Um, they Can Grow Rich, Richest Men in Babylon. You know, I'm 55 years old. So those are the books I grew up on. Same would, here.
1: <laughs> same here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'd be nowhere without those books. And so uh, t- to mention those kind of books in the same sphere as me. Uh, wow. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I, I take it seriously.
1: Hey, and then obviously... You know, those books were written in a different day. Uh, Thinking Grow Rich was written, if you made $2,500 a year, you were considered very well off. And, you know, he spent, Napoleon Hill spent uh, like a decade writing that book, and and it's become a classic. But uh, the type of concept there, like, you know, during his day, door-to-door sales, was a big form of marketing and distribution. Now you try to go to somebody's door, selling them stuff in the middle of the day, at least in my neighborhood, you might get shot. <laughs> uh, nobody, nobody wants to open that door. And, and other things like they were big in radio advertising. They didn't even have television when Napoleon Hill wrote the book. There was no internet. There wasn't even a thought of internet. And here we are, we're in the 21st century, We've got all these different outlets. There's so much. You know, when I started podcasting, John, nearly 10 years ago, there was very few people doing it. Now there's millions of people around the world podcasting. I don't get as many plays as I used to, but my fans are ever more dedicated and and the community members are more into the show than ever before. I think I do a much better job. Uh, so maybe well, it's time to update uh, these books.
2: Well, you know what? I think so. I, the means of, the means of wealth will change, but Napoleon's principles don't, you know, the principles of wealth don't change. They're timeless. And if you get it right, they work throughout history. They'll work in the future. And maybe they'll be saying that about us someday. Boy, we're dragging our knuckles on the ground too. Look at what we used to do compared <laughs> to God knows where it'll be 20 years from now. But the principles, that's what it's about to me. It's about the philosophy of success. And that's what I wanted my son to know.
1: And and those principles, the philosophy doesn't change, but unfortunately, or fortunately for us, language changes, attention, focus, uh, what people are thinking about, how you actually uh, go about doing things, that changes. So it's one thing to give a theoretical book outlook and taken taken that way. Books like Think and Grow Rich, Richest Men in Babylon, Acres of Diamonds, I think, was another book we all uh, know, knew and loved. <laughs> Absolutely. George Clayson, love it. Temple yeah. University. Sure. Yeah, all those books. Uh, they're all relevant because nothing's changed and because success takes place between your two ears, behind your eyes. That's where success is born. Not out there because you were born privileged or... Or into a wealthy family. We we know all the stories about the Fortune 500 or the, you know, the Forbes 500. So many of those people uh, come and go and not that many of them actually stay there, firmly planted. So, so wealth, uh, I got a question for you, John. Let's say you've been a successful person through the principles in these books and in your book, Then something happened—the pandemic—and your business shuts down, and you're basically done. And then you have to start over again. How hard is it to do that once you've got these principles?
2: It's hard, Kerry. Okay, you know, like I'm I'm a guy who did it, so you're not going to find me like out there. I I went from two hundred thousand dollars in debt and student loans, and I ended up with two hundred and forty thousand dollars retirement income. So. I'm not going to tell you that it's a leap over a rainbow and that this is Disney World and it's really simple. However, you you have a fighting chance if you if you have the right philosophy, if you understand that work is a is a sacrifice. You're going to do a lot of things that maybe you don't want to do to build it, to earn something that's worthwhile. Yeah, it's going to be hard. I'm sorry. I know that's not uh, real, real real popular in this day and age. But <coughs> for those of us who have done it, you got to you got to accept that. Yes, it's going to be hard. Okay. It's going to be hard. So what? It's hard not to succeed. You know, struggling yeah, forever in mediocrity is hard. So I don't, uh, You yeah.
1: yeah, it's going to be hard to tell you the truth. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I've uh, always laughingly say I've made four fortunes and I've lost three and a half of them. And now I'm on my fifth <laughs> and I'm not bitter or, or anything else. And I'm, I won't say that I've been happy losing those fortunes, but learned valuable lessons from it. And really, just, uh, you know, it's, uh, once you succeed, it wasn't so much the idea that caused you to succeed, although ideas are born generally from successful minds, but but there's no guarantee just because you had a great idea that you're going to succeed. Uh, it took, and it's not necessarily so much hard work, uh, because when you're really uh, passionate about what you're doing, that old cliche pops into my mind, John, Uh, love what you do, and you'll never work a day in your life. That to some extent is true, but uh, when you've been working 12, 14 hours, then you go home and you got to put on a happy face, even though everything didn't go well at work, it can be a challenge. So from your standpoint, all right, you're like student loans, that's the worst debt you can take on. It's worse than income taxes, it's worse than 25% credit cards because it never goes away. It's non-dischargeable in bankruptcy. It's with you until you pay it off. And it's kind of like this millstone hanging around your neck. What do you think uh, for your average millennial living in their parents' uh, basement or in their attic, what's the best way to get rid of that debt? Besides never so, taking it on. <laughs> right.
2: It's already taken out. I get
1: uh, it. You got it. You own it. It owns right. you.
2: And so I would say to a millennial, keep in mind that if I can just give context to this, you know, my, my father, my grandfather was a coal miner. My parents moved into half of a trailer when they got married. I graduated with $200,000 worth of debt. And so... Moving up in the world. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, well, you can see my (laughs) grandfather was better off financially than I was for a while. And by the time I was 30, I had a family. I had a wife and two kids. And I was really understood what it was like to be a wage slave. It's just a wage slave. Like you said, that big debt right there, nobody sees it except for me. I live it every day because I can't pay it off. And all my hours go to food, shelter, clothing, and a, and a big debt. So if you're talking about a situation where I may not understand a millennial sitting on the couch who's who's uh, kind of stuck in life, well, I understand stuck in life. Okay, So what do I do? I could tell you one thing I did. I didn't I didn't get rid of my day job all right your day job is not a sacrifice in this world that is that is just what you have to do as a duty to stay alive on planet earth so all the changes that have to happen in your life have to then come in your free hours your leisure i would say that that is where you build yourself you build a knowledge base you study wealthy people you you study books on think and grow rich goals the wealthy gardener these types of things you study, you learn, and then you build yourself in your free time. You're going to find those hours are the only time for you to expand your life because otherwise you're working. So I say you have to suck it up. I'm not saying that from a standpoint of being this, this guy looking down at millennials. I'm telling you, I had to suck it up. So I had to use a lot more hours to get what I wanted in life. If you want a change, change what you're doing. You have to.
1: Hey, I think that is such a great point. I, I listen to inspirational uh, watch inspirational videos all the time. Bob Proctor, I consider him to be a mentor, even though I've never met him. But I listen to a lot of different ones. And <laughs> the tendency is to listen to them a lot more when you're feeling down than when you're feeling up. And when you're feeling up is really the best time to listen to them because then you can get the most out of it. But listening to this stuff, And law of attraction and all this, people tend to think, you know, law of attraction is just easy way. You just think nice things, good things, do a little visualization. And before you know it, you'll you'll be driving the Bentley and uh, basking in your swimming pool with a drink, a little umbrella in it. But nothing could be further from the truth, right? FSN Radio.
0: It's all about what's next.
1: With multi-million ounce potential at its Yellowknife District project, Gold Terra is a company on the move. You'll find them at goldterracorp.com, and their ticker on the OTC is TRXXF. On the TSX, it's YGT. The management team is headed up by near legend Gerald Anaton of Detour Gold fame, who's convinced that Yellowknife's potential is far greater than its current current 735,000 ounce resource. The mine benefits from great infrastructure. Employees can pick up breakfast at Tim Hortons on the way to work. And there's multiple high grade discoveries putting Gold Terra on track to re-establishing Yellowknife as one of the premier gold mining districts in Canada. And that should do wonders for the stock price as well. So head on over to goldterracorp.com and sign up for their notifications now.
0: The Financial Survival Network. It's all about what's next.
2: Yeah, they forget about something called execution. And I think it's on both sides of the line, though. If you talk about the wealth law of attraction, or you talk about just dogged determination. You're talking about Eastern philosophy and Western philosophy, and it doesn't have to be one or the other. That's my argument. You don't, have to, you don't have to be completely law of attraction, sitting on a couch, waiting for checks to come to you, thinking about a Bentley. You also have to work. The guy who I thought they're working, well, that was my grandfather. Okay. He worked his tail off 60 hours a week in a coal mine. That didn't really get him too well either. He didn't use his mind enough, maybe at that time. So there is a combination. Why, why do we always have to be exclusively one way or the other? Why can't we use our mind and our body? You know, the saying being that God will give every bird its food, but he won't throw it in the nest. We have to do something about it. And so that's what I say.
1: Hey, and I couldn't agree with you more. Although I bet you your grandfather in the coal mine used his mind a lot more than you think. But it was mainly to stay alive and not to get blown up or, or wind up it, in a mine collapse or something. It you know, Carrie, I, I appreciate you saying that.
2: I agree. I agree. And I appreciate you saying that. You're absolutely right. I don't mean to say it callously because he chose a profession to take care of his family. And so while he's doing that, that was quite the sacrifice, wasn't it? It wasn't mindless. He had a family to take care of him while he died penniless. You know, they did eat during his lifetime while yeah. he was down there working.
1: Yeah. Hey, and, uh, and I've always been involved in what I would call mind labor, I've never been involved in physical labor. And I feel like at this point, I wish I had been involved more. I, I am pretty handy around the house because my father was a builder and I just always had this knack for computers, electronics, putting stuff together, building studios. But I never, like, I would like to have known how to build a house, how to finish off a room, you know, put up the studs and uh, two by fours, whatever and uh, and do the uh, do the drywalling i would have really liked to have done it now at this point there's no point doing it really i could do it but i'm thinking though you might laugh at me and i don't need to do this but i'm thinking of going to school learn how to repair evs electric vehicles uh, i 've always loved electronics i 've had a knack with it, like I knew how to hook up own systems like almost intuitively John and wow. you know it 's like i 'm not going to probably make any money, but I think it would be cool to know how to fix a Tesla because probably my next car is going to be an electric, and I have no idea how to fix the car that I have now, other than if a thing comes up, you know take it and get it fixed. I have no idea uh, how to get a car fixed, but electric cars are actually in many ways simpler than uh, internal combustion engines a lot less moving parts
2: man find out what makes your uh, pot boil and do it that's what i say there's inclinations in all of us why not i mean i certainly don't i buy a car so i don't have to fix it i know guys that buy cars so they do whatever gets you going man that's the stuff that makes you an individual unlike anybody else and who knows where that stuff leads right so yeah I won't laugh at that. I think that's cool. That's the kind of stuff that adds depth and color to life. If you're doing the things you'd like to do, interests. People Absolutely. Will have interest.
1: And uh, I, I say it as uh, you know, if I was telling millennials, giving them some advice. If you're not going to go to college, whatever, which which really, uh, in many for many of you out there, has extremely limited utility and really is not necessarily the key to the American dream as it once were or was, as we say. Uh, look, fact of the matter is learning how to fix EVs. There's a guy on YouTube called Rich Rebuilds, African-American guy, but that's really irrelevant. But he can take these things apart. He can modify them, soup them up. I mean, it is amazing what, what he uh, can do. The guy is is incredible. And really, it would be a cool thing to know how to do. As so few people will know, they'll just take out this component, put the other one in, everything will be modular at some point, and there won't be any thought involved whatsoever. But for now, I think it'd be a cool thing to do. Well, telling people, John, how do you succeed without going to college? Because we have this notion in society, whether it's true or not, I don't think it's as true as it once was. And in fact, some of the most successful people I know barely went to college or didn't go to college at all. But how do you tell somebody, how do you succeed without going to college?
2: You don't care. It's, it's really comes down to understanding economics. Uh, you know, let's, let's start there. Imagine if your, your goal is wealth. I mean, it's, it's so pervasive in our society to say, let's not start with the goal of wealth. Well, I disagree because wealth is going to cause you to, to serve a lot of people. And if you want to get wealthy, you're going to have to find a service and your income is based on the need for what you do. And how well you do what you do and how many people you serve and the difficulty in replacing you. These factors go into income. And if you can just think of those four things, you're going to have to search it out. Use your mind to find a service. I mean, I was talking, I talked to a garbage man the other day. Now, who wants that job? You don't talk about that at a, uh, I'm not talking about on the back of a garbage truck. He owns a garbage company. Well, that's not something you talk about at a wine and cheese party, but he's, the guy's killing it. He's crushing me. I'm retired at 49. So there's, there's opportunity in service but it's just not drawing uh, portraits on a, on a, on a landscape. You have to start with the idea of what makes money and what will people pay for? Again, it's all about this service. You have to start there and then use your creativity. Once you get that goal in your head, uh, everybody has a different path. There's a million different paths, but one thing's for sure. The principles of success, they stay the same. Learn that, learn the philosophy and then you'll, you'll find your own way. That's how it works.
1: Yeah. And that is so true. And me, I can't see myself ever retiring, having too much fun at what I'm doing. Hey, just tell us, uh, John, where do we go get the uh, book? I assume Amazon and wherever fine books uh, used to be sold.
2: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's everywhere now, Carrie. Uh, I mean, it's, it's in six different languages. And so at this point, I would say it's, it's everywhere. And if I, if people are leaning towards the audio versus the print book, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm with both, but the narrator, Dennis, uh, he just did a phenomenal job on that audio oh, book. Great. He created that into an experience for people. He he made it different. He, he nailed it. There's something right. special about the audio.
1: All right. Hey, we appreciate you coming on. Any questions or comments for John, email us kl at com. Twitter feed at Carrie Lutz. Facebook page is Financial Survival Network. And of course, our main website, financialsurvivalnetwork.com. John, great to talk to you. Touch base. You'll be well and great luck on the book. And we'll look forward to your next one.
2: Thank you, Kerry. Appreciate you having
0: me. FSN Radio. It's all about what's next. Go to FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com and sign up for your free weekly newsletter. You'll also get three free reports. The Financial Survival Network. It's all about what's next.